Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. I'm glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. I'm going to talk about how to prevent one type of rip-offs in just a second. Clark.com is our web address. You got a question for me? Clark.com slash ask. Coming up in 20 minutes in today's Clark Regis moment, there's something I want to make sure you don't give your young child. Tell you what you need to know to protect their health. And in a half hour, speaking of children, as a parent, I can tell you how difficult it is with video content to make sure that what they're watching is not going to be unsuitable or, put it positively, is going to be suitable. There's a new streaming service that guarantees that the content available to your child will be child-friendly. I want to talk right now about you being careful on the web. There are so many ways that criminals hack into information, and there are now more and more opportunities for you to be aware of when you're potentially at risk, when your information is at risk, And Google, if you use the Chrome browser, which you can use on a Windows computer, a Chromebook, a um, MacBook, the Chrome browser now has a very simplified way for you to know that a site that you are going to may not be secure. When you put in a web address and it's going to that web address, On a Chrome browser, right next to that web address, there will be a little I if Google is worried about the safety and security of you going to that website. This is very important at any website where there are usernames, passwords, financial stuff, uh, buying stuff where you're putting in a credit card, anything like that. General information sites, not that important, but at any place where you're going to touch security issues, financial, anything like that, if you see that eye, that little teeny eye, it is a special warning for you before you proceed on that website. And if you click on the eye, Google will tell you what the potential threat could be to you proceeding on that website. It's a very, very simple way for you to keep your information private. And more and more websites are scrambling to meet the standard of security that techies know so well, HTTPS, and you don't have to worry about that if you use the Chrome browser, because you'll know immediately after you type in a web address whether there is a potential security threat. Uh, There are people who use Firefox. Firefox 
has a wonderful step now that if you start to put in a password on a site, they will warn you if your password information is at risk. So before you would fully enter and unfortunately maybe have that information intercepted by somebody up to no good, Firefox warns you away from proceeding. And these are both very good moves by Google with their Chrome browser and Firefox to improve the safety and security of you as you surf on the web. And these rules don't just apply on a laptop or desktop. More important, most people do most of their web surfing now on a smartphone. And if you're on an iPhone, don't use Safari to surf the web. Download another browser, Chrome, Firefox, whatever, and pick up the extra safety and security that come with them. Safari is not important to Apple. It's not an, uh, a big thing to them. They just provide a browser, but it's not meaningful. So it doesn't get the kind of attention that other browsers throw at theirs. And that's why you're so much better off using others. If you're on an Android, normally it'll come preloaded with Chrome. And I recommend that you use the safety features I just referred to. Deborah's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You're trying to get your Roth to work harder for you. Yes. I am planning on opening a Roth IRA next month, and I wanted to know if I can open one for myself and one for my husband, maxing them both out yearly. The only thing that would keep you from doing that for both of you is if either of you are combined, you make a huge amount of money in your jobs and you have a retirement account that you have at work, there are income triggers that make you ineligible to do a Roth. Okay. My husband has a 401k and he's um, paying about 6% now a year into it. Right, so what he's putting into the 401k is not the key. Is he making an ultra-high income? Oh, no. Okay, so then then that will not affect your ability to do the Roth. And you are you working outside the home or no? Not any longer, no. So you're both eligible to do Roths. You can do what's known as a spousal Roth, and he can do a regular one. And by the way, and, and... terms of income i'm referring to it would be an income you got to be near two hundred thousand dollars a year before you lose your eligibility great thank you so much clark sure and have you already figured out where you're going to open your roth and all that uh yes i have good okay well keep saving that money and thank you so much i listen to you every day well i'm glad you do have a great one you too thank you Bye. bye And Abel is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Abel. Hey, Mr. Howard. How are you? Good, good. But please call me Clark. Okay, Clark. I just wanted to say uh, I love the show and uh, we listen to it every day. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just had a question. Uh, I'm in the process of buying a new vehicle. 
I've gone to dealerships and stuff like that, and uh, they've told me I could buy, uh, you know, take out a loan, or they've gave me the option of leasing now. I just don't know what the process is, if you could explain it to me a little more clearly. I am so glad you're asking these questions before you go forward. The very first thing I'd like you to do is if you're not a member of a credit union yet, I want you to go join one near you. Uh, yes, yes, I am. Go to the credit union because they make the best car loans, hands down. Okay. And at the credit union, they'll be able to figure out, based on your credit, what interest rate they'll charge you and keep the loan term as short as you can. Now, on the thing that they talk to you at the car dealer about, about leasing, the only time you ever want to consider leasing a car is if you like to have a new car every two years. Okay. That's not you, is it? Um, no, just uh, most of my cars I've, I've had for about four years and now. Okay, so you would be a buyer, and so the credit union for the loan would be key. It also, what it really does for you that's great is you'd have a real sense about how much of a car you should be buying, how expensive. Are you planning for this one to be a new car or a used car? I was planning on being a new one, uh, Okay. I've had I've had a couple of used ones in the past, and I'm just ready to get something new. All right. And do you have a sense how much you want to spend on a new car? I mean, anything under thirty grand would be great. Okay. There are many very very good cars below twenty grand now. Even though the average price of a new car today is thirty two thousand. Yeah. You can buy a lot of very good automobiles uh, in the upper teens brand new and i would like as your second step after you go to the credit union and you get your financing is for you to go get the consumer reports car buying guide okay and look at the cars that they recommend and that are the most reliable okay the average car on the road is 11 years six months old so it's cars are really durable now they on average will last a very long time so if you stick to one that is a a real good reliable choice you'll have something that's fun to drive and one that you're not going to be having to drive over and over again to the service center okay yeah next thing is when you go to buy that new car whatever you'll probably come up with three or four that you like shop for them online not in person Okay. You get a much better deal buying a car when you shop online. Okay. Okay. There are car buying services that are really good to use to look for a car. I have a car buying guide on ClarkHoward.com, and you can see some of the car buying services like TrueCar.com that I'd like you to use to shop for a car. And if you really want to squeeze a dollar after you look some of the car buying sites, Start emailing dealers for the specific brand you're interested in, and that will get you your absolute lowest price for a car. As a student, do you know if I qualify for any kind of discounts on, like, um, any price lowers I could get on a car? Well, there are, from time to time, programs that give a $500 discount to recent college graduates. Okay. Those tend to come up each summer that there will be those programs. But the more important thing is your ability to shop around, not at a dealer. 
Gotcha. So the okay, thing you do at the dealer is you take delivery of the car. Yeah. All your negotiating is done before you get to the dealer. You know you're good for the money from the credit union. You know you're looking at cars that are good to own from all the research Consumer Reports has pulled together. And then you do your shopping online. You know you're getting the best price on a good car that you got good money for the loan for. So it's you do those steps. It's not as much fun. I know it's more fun to just show up at the dealer, get the new car smell thing going, drive the car, say, this is the one I want. But you're paying for that thing for a long time, which is why first you got to show me the money and move from there. Best of luck shopping. Nick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. How about you? Great, thank you. So you're doing some home improvement. Uh, yes, I'm considering it. And before I um, dive into it, I'm debating if I should, if I do do it, where should I take the money from? I do have some savings um, saved up along with uh, investments. And I'm debating if I should put money into the stock market or if I should invest some of that into finishing my basement. How much is the basement redo going to cost? Um, I'm ballparking about twelve to maybe 15000 based on other friends who have done theirs recently. So you have that much in savings? Uh, yeah, between the two, I'd be able to pool about that much together. Great. And from savings, not investments? Uh, correct. Yep. My, uh, kind of my rainy day, um, easily accessible fund. I like for you just to write the check from the rainy day fund. You like that idea? I do. Okay. Because you're not taking on any more debt. And it means for a while your rainy day fund is is thin, but you build it up month by month again, and you don't have any obligation for what you've done to the basement. The first day you start using that basement, you get to enjoy it without worrying about the debt that came with it. Okay, so you'd recommend that over trying to maybe invest in some stocks and more mutual funds? Um, Because I do do that with my uh, retirement funds. And so I was debating if I, I don't want my money sitting in my uh, money market, which is really earning 0%. It, right, which is part. why it's such a great use to use it to do the basement the way you want. Okay, and then uh, is there typically a pretty pretty good return on investment no. uh, by finishing the basement? No way. No. It's, the return with any home improvement or addition you do, the return is the enjoyment you get from it because there's no improvement that will get you back dollar for dollar what it costs you to do it. But not everything in life is about return on investment. I mean, there's a there's a pleasure you're going to get out of having that basement done, and that has value. Today's Clark Rageous moment is something that I want to tell you is one of those areas you as a parent need to be aware of. There's a new warning from the FDA that is something that I want you to be prepared when you take your kids to the doctor. It's an important health warning, and it is absolutely clark that you have to worry about this. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a clark moment. Unfortunately, some children under age 12 are still being written prescriptions for medicines 
that contain some level of codeine. Uh, Tylenol with codeine is an example, and there are a number of others that have codeine in them. The FDA, in the strongest terms, wants you to know that these medicines should not be given to any child under the age of 12, and in many cases, to teenagers. Why? Because there are multiple incidents where children have suffered life-threatening breathing problems from having any medicine with codeine. And I don't know, you know, doctors are busy, they may not be aware of this, but it is a common occurrence, apparently, that doctors do write scripts for medicines with codeine for children and teenagers, and it should not happen. You know, when you're a kid, there are a lot of things that you think exist. Unicorns, dragons, mermaids, you name it. When you're a kid, it's real. But when you find out later that they don't, well, it's kind of disappointing. Of course, as you get older, you get over the disappointment. But when you're looking to buy a car, there's nothing worse than finding the one of your dreams online, and then you find out later it doesn't really exist. It's not true. That's why at TrueCar, they show you real pricing on actual inventory. This isn't pricing offered to you by TrueCar. It's an actual VIN-based price from a TrueCar certified dealer in your area. Real prices. And these aren't just any dealers either. TrueCar certified dealers are a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency. They offer competitive prices and a faster, easier buying experience for you. It's a fact. True Car customers are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with the True Car certified dealers. And, on average, they save over $3,000 off the MSRP. So when you're ready to buy that dream car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website, our deal site, ClarkDeals.com. I want to talk about something that is a difficult thing as a parent. If you have kids, you face a challenge about what video content is out there that your kids may see on regular TV, on pay TV, on um, YouTube, most anywhere that kids would watch, there may be content that you don't want your kids seeing. My wife and I were watching a movie, and which is funny because actually my wife was watching a movie since I never watch anything, but... I was in the room working, and our son was in there, and the movie seemed like one that would be just fine for him to be watching, and suddenly the scene shifts, and the scene is in a strip club. Well, (laughs) that was not content we were interested in our 11-year-old child seeing, and my wife covers our son's eyes and hollers for me 
to freeze the TV, and I didn't even know where the remote was because I was I was engrossed doing um, I was reading a, an article, and so I grabbed the remote, freeze it. Then I realized that's not going to be enough because the freeze frame was not okay for him, and so then I had to turn the TV off. It's tough for parents because you never know, even with something that was rated okay, this was rated PG, which was funny that it had a strip club scene. And so it's hard. So in that area that has been so difficult for you as a parent, there's a streaming service called PureFlix that is available. It started originally as a Christian programming source and now has streaming of family-friendly television in addition to the Christian-oriented content. It is $7.99 a month. You can try it for a month for free. Works on Androids, iPhones, works on Chromecast, works on Roku, works on Amazon Fire TV, and you can try it for a month for free and be able to watch TV shows, movies, and have content that they have pre-screened that you know will be safe for your child to watch. And if you don't have kids, you're like, Come on, is this really that hard? Let me tell you, it's hard when you have young children and you want to to take time and them being exposed to content on TV, even regular TV. It's hard to be able to, to do that, to filter that, and that's why PureFlix is here. Just like Netflix, it's spelled F-L-I-X, pureflix.com. CJ is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, CJ. Hello, and thank you for taking my call. Certainly. How can I be of service to you? Yes, I am a nursing student, and I will be starting my first semester of nursing school this fall. Um, and I have been very blessed to not have to take out any student loans thus far. But whenever I start into nursing school, I have no choice but to take out um, some loans. And unfortunately, the federal loans won't cover all of my tuition. And so now I'm trying to figure out where should I go from here? What you know, what private loans or you're what? terrifying me. You know, you're terrifying me, don't you, CJ? I do, and I'm a little bit terrified myself. All right, so are you going to a private nursing school? I will. I will be in a private nursing school. All right, so that's why it's going to be so expensive. What's your overall all-in cost going to be each year at this private nursing school? Um, roughly about 32000 And the ceiling you can borrow under the federal student loan program is about eleven. is that right? Um, because I'm still a dependent, I can only actually take out $7,500. Yeah. All right. So you're faced with taking out $25,000 a year in private student loans. Right. 
and I do have some opportunities for whenever um, I graduate to sign with certain hospitals um, that works directly with my school um, that will alleviate some of the tuition costs. I'm just, unfortunately, I can't do that this year because I got accepted late into the program. So you think for your, uh, the nursing program is three years? It's two years. Two years. So one year you're going to take on the twenty-five grand in private. The next year that's not as likely to be that kind of burden. Correct. Well, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the earning power over career in nursing is such that uh, it's you're on the edge with how much borrowing you do. But I think it's worth pushing through and doing the borrowing under the private loan programs. But the private loans, I want to tell you, they are brutal. And when you are working, when you're graduating, you're working, you need to live on a starvation budget so you can put as much money as possible towards those private loans. Right. And have you checked to see if there's any lending program available or any any program at all that's local, that's maybe a state program, to encourage people to get nursing training? I have, and a lot of those, they they fill up so quickly that it's almost impossible to get them. Okay. Just with nursing being such a high demand. All right. Um, well, I might need a nurse because you're making my blood pressure rise as I worry about your student loan debt. But... Be uh, be very proactive about getting whatever assistance you can for that second year, so that right. you don't graduate with sixty five thousand dollars in debt. That's that's in the danger zone. Right. So um, I guess I guess I have to say go for it on the private loans. There's a lot of difference in terms and conditions from one private lender to another. And the loan rates, have there have been some fixed rates available lately on private student loans that have not been terrible. I can't believe I even said those words out of my mouth. So look closely. What kind of interest rates have you seen so far on the private loans? The lowest one that I have seen is 5.99%. On a fixed. Right. Yeah, that's not bad. So if you can do 6% straight up, basically, on a private loan, take on that debt the earning power you have in nursing is good enough that you'll be able to overcome the burden of the loans right so, are there any um i guess what are the things that i should be looking for whenever i'm looking at these private loans well fixed rate and as low a fixed interest rate as you can get and your goal should be to pay off the private loans in 10 years or less and uh, but you the way you phrased it, I mean, my first preference would be to go to a state supported nursing school that would be a whole lot cheaper. But it's kind of in the I mean, it's what it is now. You're going to do private. So just remember that five point nine nine. That's your target. That's where you want to aim for. William is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, William. How are you, hey, Clark? How are you doing today? Great, thank you. So. Uh, you have a lot of children. 
We do. My wife and I just had our sixth child, which is our fifth daughter. So. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. I'll be calling you sometime down the road to get some tips about how to save money for weddings. So. Well, how can, I cool. be, how can I be of service with your half dozen there? Yeah, well, here's the situation. About a year and a half ago, my wife and I purchased a seven-passenger van. So obviously, with the surprise of the sixth child, we will no longer fit in that van. Oh, boy. So we've been... Yeah, we've been going through the process of trying to just get some prices for an eight-passenger van. And here's the problem that we're running into. After we checked, like, Kelly Blue Book and started calling dealerships for trade-in prices, we're probably going to be about a 1500 negative equity on what we still owe on the van. 1500 so About $1,500, yes. All right. Well, I'll tell you, for the calls I get from people upside down in car loans, that is not bad. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Because I get calls from people that are upside down more than 10,000. Wow. Okay. So that makes you feel better then. Yeah. I mean, you're you're only upside down by a tiny amount compared to how painful it could be. Sure. So obviously, having to get an eight passenger, we're looking at getting a used vehicle. And I'm sure you've addressed this question numerous times, but what are your thoughts? Because most of the vehicles we're looking at are right about or have surpassed the manufacturer's warranty. I wanted to see what you thought about extended warranties. Only if you bought one from the manufacturer itself. Okay. Third-party warranties have no cred because okay. the companies all too often leave a trail of tears and lost thousands because they don't pay off on the claims. The companies go through what are known as bust-outs where they collect a mm-hmm. lot of premiums for two or three or four years and then they vanish into the night with people's money and unclaimed uh, unclaimed warranty claims. So I would, if the manufacturer, if it's a vehicle you're looking at, the manufacturer will sell you one, then that's what you'd want. Are you looking at some of the things like the Sprinter products that have the real high roofs and the, the big seating room inside, or what are you looking at that will hold your whole crew? Well, the ones we've been looking at mainly is the Honda Odyssey and then the Toyota Sienna. Oh, okay. Both yeah. extremely reliable vehicles. Yeah, that's what I hear. Very, very reliable. And if you have either a Sienna or an Odyssey checked out by an independent mechanic of your choosing, and mm-hmm. they seem to be mechanically sound, my preference would be that you go without an extended warranty on those two models. And okay. know that if an unlucky thing comes up, you're just going to have to suck it up and pay for it rather sure. than trying to find an extended warranty from Honda or Toyota. And just and one we, other part to this as well. We have an older vehicle as well. So we were trying to avoid buying a, a car that had a lot of mileage and that was older. But to do that, to get in our price range per month, we're looking at half an extended to a six-year uh, loan. Woo. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> You're terrifying me now. Now we're talking about you being potentially way upside down over time. So how many miles are you thinking on the Sienna or the Odyssey? I'm trying to stay around 35, but to do that, you know, like I said, it's probably going to kick us to a six-year loan. And what kind of money are you looking at to buy one? Uh, Those cars usually run probably mid-20s. Used, you're talking about? Yes, used. All right, I want you to, to look on... Uh, some of the websites that I've recommended to buy cars, like TrueCar.com, okay. or if you're a USAA member, USAA.com, you may be able to buy a Sienna new 
that will have it'll have fabric seats, no leather, but it'll have room for eight for a price somewhat in that range, maybe right there, brand new. Okay. Then if you take out a six-year loan, okay, because you got no miles on the odometer. We have Paul with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Paul. Hello, Clark. I'm a first-time caller from the Haven. And one quick question re- related to investing. Yes. I'm in my 60s and retired, and I also have some children in their 20s. So I'm looking at some at Vanguard information. And I'm wondering what you might recommend for, say, two small investments, one for me for income and maybe one for them for growth. All right. Now, Vanguard, if you are um, in a position in your life that you want to generate income but at the same time not outlive your money, yes, Vanguard, and they're not the only ones that do this now, have managed accounts where at Vanguard, there's three different flavors for the managed accounts. Okay. One that's designed so that you live just off the earnings of your account principally. Another that will last an indefinite period of time. And then a third one that's designed more to let you eat into more of your money and last for kind of a general range of years. And that's the kind of thing I like for someone in their 60s or 70s, is that with that, you, depending on how much income you need or how much security of income you need down the road, using one of those managed account products would be, I think, my favorite suggestion for you. Okay, good. Now, in addition, uh, Fidelity has a similar product. And if you talk to somebody at Vanguard or you can even walk into a Fidelity office, they can go over with you how the managed income programs work. And it's really a matter more matching up what your needs are in terms of current income or for deferred income or maybe for an asset that if you never need it would be inherited. For your uh, kids in in their 20s, are you going to help them fund accounts? All right, so if you're going to do that, are they working? Yes, but it's more part-time. They're not really into their career at this point. What i like for you to look at doing is up to the level of part-time income they have, not to exceed 5500 in a year, that you put money in a Roth account for each of your adult children. Okay. Because a Roth would allow money to grow tax-free yep. and is designed to be there for way down the road. What if I wanted to just do, if I had three children and I wanted to do one fund for all three because we're starting slowly? Well, you can't do one that, uh, I would not do one that you'd have three co-owners of. Okay. I understand. You'd that. be better off, like, how much money are you interested in putting aside well, for each starting kid? off with maybe $10,000. That's a lot of money. Okay. That's a lot. I mean, you know, if you're going to open a Roth, you're saying total for the three of them, right? Total for the three. Yeah. You could easily open a Roth as long as they each have earned income of at least 3000 or so a, a year. Okay. You could put that much into Roths for each of them. Good. And the easiest thing to do is the target retirement fund based on, um, gosh, with them being in their 20s, uh, one that would be like a 2055 fund, which I think is about as far out as you can go right now. But that would be a very generous thing for you to do for your adult kids. 
Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our bargain site, ClarkDeals.com, lots of great deals for your wallet. I want to tell you about something that you can do for me. When you hear me talk at the top or bottom of an hour, or answer someone's question, or give an opinion that you think is lame or wrong, or I'm just thick-headed, whatever it is, I need you to give that feedback to me so I can do a better job. That's why for about the last, gosh, is it 15 years now? We've had Clark Stinks. It's where you can go to Clark.com and go to our Clark Stinks message board and give me feedback on how I'm failing to serve you or you feel I failed to serve others. So you post there, other people can post commenting on what you've said. And then weekly, our producer, Krista, goes through the posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. So how did I foul up this week, Krista? Oh, man, you messed up. (laughs) Flippity floppity. Now that the dust has settled from the, quote, united incident, there is a stink in the air, and it is you, Clark. A week prior to the passenger removal, you stated in the leggings case that you should listen and comply with your flight crew. Not only did the flight crew, which was not united, but a contract carrier that flies for all three major airlines, but also law enforcement informed the passenger that he must exit the aircraft, and the passenger refused to comply. Since this airline flies for all three majors, this could have been any of their flights. Just substitute their name in the headline. The issue wasn't the airline's policy, but the industry's. If you don't comply, you're removed from the flight, whether it's in your attire, behavior, or refusal to properly stow your luggage or turn off your cell phone. Noncompliance doesn't work anytime you're ordered to comply. Longtime listener and look forward to your future podcasts. So this issue of noncompliance is um, an interesting thing that came out of the aftermath of the September 11th terrorist attacks, where with heightened 
alertness and security. The historical thing going all the way back, and the reason it's called Captain of the Ship, is it goes all the way back to seafaring days that the captain was all-powerful. Today, that is now looked at as the entire crew on a flight. The issue with Dr. Dow getting forcibly removed from the flight was not centrally about his failure to comply with crew member instructions. It was about the procedures United Airlines uses. And yes, this was a contract carrier flying for United, but it was United policy and United gate agents that were involved with the force removal of the passengers from that flight already in their seats. So the reason it struck such a chord is that passengers around the country feel like the airlines are contemptuous of them, and United became the flashpoint. You know, following that, there was the Delta incident where the gentleman was removed from the flight because he couldn't hold it and needed to go to the bathroom. And the responses to that around the country have been more polarized than the Republicans and the Democrats, <laughs> with people saying, hey, when you got to go, you got to go. Other people saying, too bad, you should have planned in advance and gone to the bathroom, blah, 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 blah. But we do have an area that obviously became such a big story around the world because the excessive force used and the lame way United handled the situation, that's the real issue. And then don't forget, there was like a fight that broke out this week on a plane, too. It's crazy. Right. And a Delta pilot is getting heat for doing what seemed to be the right thing is a woman was in a chokehold that she could have potentially died from, and the pilot uh, helped free her from that chokehold by attacking the woman that was attacking, trying to harm the other woman. I mean, gosh, can't we all just get along? Mm -hmm. We need little Rodney King going on in the country. Clark Brian Howard, on a recent show, you spoke about your Pyrex dish exploding. You came back and told us that Pyrex blamed it on temperature changes. You failed to mention to your listeners that this happened because Pyrex now uses a cheap lime soda glass in place of the more original, I don't know how to say this, borosilicate glass. It's no longer your mother's Pyrex. Right. And there have been many posts about that. And when I talked about what happened with our Pyrex exploding, I did not talk specifically about that. Um, about the chemical change because there's a lot of disagreement out there on the web if that's why or that glass in and of itself is subject to being unstable because of the great temperature changes. The thing that I heard over and over again from people is that if you're going to bake a casserole in the oven or whatever, don't use Pyrex. Use instead a silicone Um, casserole cooking dish that a silicone one will not be subject to explosion and again I'm in so over my head but I cut my foot again last night what's it been two weeks there was a piece of glass way far from our kitchen that you know glass scattered all over the house and I got cut by a piece so it I mean, it shattered into the smallest pieces you have ever seen. 
And we have a video about it on Clark.com and a, a full article where we do talk about the glass and what people say. Okay, Clark is flaky. Clark, I've heard you say several times that you were flaky and you always have been. I don't think you know what the definition of flaky is. <laughs> According to Urban Dictionary, flaky is an unreliable person, a procrastinator, a careless or lazy person, dishonest and doesn't keep to his word. They'll tell you they're going to do one thing and never do it. They'll tell you that they'll meet you somewhere and show up an hour late or don't show up at all. Is this really what you mean to say? Actually, I don't think I fit that definition. Not at all. Now, you're always on time. and yeah, yeah, but I would say that maybe I'm the absent-minded professor. How's that? That's good. I like to say I have no more vacancy in my brain because I forget stuff. But you have an incredible memory, too. Well, that's what my wife laughs about is that she and I can have an involved conversation about something. And two days later, I don't remember it at all. And I can remember what I paid for an airline ticket 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. How do you explain that? You don't, man. That's <laughs> that's bad. I'm not listening to my wife well mm-hmm. enough. Is that what that means? I think so. Uh-oh. Clark, longtime listener, love your show. After my employer accidentally let out massive amounts of employees' personal information, my wife and I both froze our credit because of listening to you, and so far, so good. Since the freeze, we've managed to buy a house, among other things, so I'm comfortable with it and very happy. I suggested my coworkers do the same. One of my coworkers froze his credit from his work computer, which has mandatory pop-up blockers. One of the three agencies gives you your PIN via a pop-up. Oh, no. He never got the pop-up because of the mandated blocker, and it took him several months to recover it via snail mail. The fact that we lived and worked in Germany made matters infinitely worse. Credit freezes are fantastic, and I owe that information to you, but please warn people about the pop-up blockers. I've never heard that before. Clark was a bit misleading on this one. Tonight, he told a caller from in New York, I guess they're listening to the podcast at night. Tonight, Clark told a caller that New York was offering free college now. That is not entirely true. The new Excelsior Scholarship Program is offering to make college tuition free for students, but the students must still pay for room, board, and fees, which most parents who have a student attending college know is still very expensive. Except, Cl- except, can I, Yeah. before we get too much into detail, I didn't go in deep dive into the New York plan because most of our listeners are not in New York State, but what New York has done following moves by Texas and Florida to make college much more affordable, I think is the key. Now, with New York, if you live, and there are so many campuses of SUNY, State University of New York, all around the state, you could live at home and go to college essentially nearly for free. The requirement, though, is when you finish school, you have to stay and work in New York. If you leave the free tuition becomes a loan that you have to pay back. Clark, I'm a longtime listener who loves your show, but you recent, really missed an opportunity to advertise an all-volunteer civil service group. Recently, you talked about being in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina when there were no telephone communications because cell towers, towers were down or overloaded. You then went on to plug a new technology by consumer 
uh, consumer generous, not customer friendly, not AT&T providing emergency cell service using drones. I was very surprised, Clark, that as a civil civil volunteer yourself, you didn't mention amateur ham radio. Ham radio exists in great part to be public service, and its all-volunteer force springs to action during local and national emergencies, providing short and long-distance communications. Hurricane Katrina was no exception. While many engineers operate ham radio for the experimentation aspect, some operators just enjoy talking to other countries with minimal power or preparing for emergencies or volunteering to provide communications at local events. It's no longer prohibitively expensive either. The equipment required to assist during emergencies can now be had for less than $50 on Amazon. A license is required to operate, but most ham radio clubs nowadays host ham crams, where in one day you can learn the rules and take the test at the end of the day, often for free or very cheap at worst. And then they give some examples of places you I can I love contact. ham crams. I do too. <laughs> Thank you for the service you provide, Clark. But next time the opportunity comes to sc- up to discuss voluntary emergency communications, please don't forget to mention ham radio. I appreciate that. That's the second person who's mentioned that to me after I talked about the AT&T drones. Hi, Clark. I agree with the previous poster that suggested laying off talking so much about razors, but my stinks common is that if if you is that you only focus on the razors. There's another part of shaving, the shaving cream. What about all the money you spend on shaving cream? I had to start I st- had started using a product that claims to have a secret. Then I discovered the secret is olive oil. It works better and is much cheaper. I shave for much less cost per shave. No more nicks and cuts, and I can leave my shaver in the shower. OMG, no drying at all, and my blades last for months and months. My guess is that the oil protects the blades. By the way, my wife is always asking why the skin on my face looks so good. Now she uses olive oil for her shaving needs and loves it. Thanks for all your staff do to help us spend less, save more, and avoid getting ripped off. Mark. Mark, I I will try that now. I promised last time that the shaving thing came up that I would start using shaving cream again because I, I don't use anything. I just shave with warm water. And so olive oil. I might have to try that. Yes, olive oil. I'll find some really cheap olive yeah. oil and give it a try. Don't get any of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to post on such a variety of products. I appreciate so much your feedback. And if there's something you hear during the show, or you hear one of my commentaries or whatever, and you feel that I've missed the mark, I'm failing to serve you, I want to hear from you. Please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know where you feel I've come up short. When you have a question for me on the Clark Howard Show, go to Clark.com slash ask. What you got, Joel? Clark Keithern, and he said, I heard you speak recently about a dash camera for your car, but you didn't give any brand name model information. Can you give me some information on how to find a good cheap one? Great question. Now, good and cheap, they're not. You can get mediocre and cheap or a really good one for about $175. But this thing has been common in other parts of the world and is catching on in the United States pretty significantly. What you do is you have a digital camera on your dash. Generally, you plug it into the cigarette lighter in your car, and it records video in a continuous loop. And if it senses you've been in a wreck, it freezes and stores 
the most recent video you've recorded. So what happens in many auto accidents is people's memories are not very good at detailing what really happened. And the truth, you may not know what really happened. So what a dash cam does, and the reason they're so popular elsewhere in the world and only now becoming so here, is by recording the video of an accident, you're able to see what's really going on and maybe have proof positive that something was not your fault. Electronic stores are selling them as cheap as 20 bucks now. Clark, this one's from Paul. He says, I'm thinking of buying a 2011 or 2012 Toyota Camry hybrid. My friend says that unless you're driving under 35 miles per hour, the car will actually use gas. Do you know if that's true? So here's how the hybrid technology works. There are various versions of it, but as a general rule, the battery pack in a hybrid is used to boost your acceleration when you are entering a freeway or you're traveling at low speeds and some of the hybrids will run battery only up to a certain speed and many of the toyotas have a button that allows you if you're doing in-town driving to drive it pretty much as an electric car up to low speeds i didn't know it could go as high as 35 but i'll go with what your friend told you But the great advantage of a hybrid is that so much of fuel consumption is used in acceleration. The batteries provide that help for that, and that's why in urban driving, hybrids get much better fuel economy than they do on the open road, where most cars do much worse in stop-and-go driving. This is Norman Lear with my great sidekick, Paul Hip. Good to be here with you, Norman, on All of the Above. That's the name of my podcast, All of the Above. And uh, it's called All of the Above because we're going to talk about All of the Above. There isn't anything sacrosanct. There's nothing too above us or uh, below or us. Or below us. Well, certainly nothing too below us. But we have had guests you cannot believe. Yeah. Guests. Julie Dewey Dreyfus, amazing. Yes. And America Ferrara. Jared oh. Carmichael. Yes. Oh, Amy Poehler. How did we overlook? We didn't overlook Amy Poehler. I was saving her for last. And Charles Barkley, I was saving him for first, actually, because I didn't declare up first. I get to hang out with this guy. And this is your chance to hang out with Norman Lear a little bit here and some of these great guests. God, I wish I was you hanging out with Norman Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. See? That must be exciting. It's the yeah. best. He's, oh. I'm telling you. Don't miss all of the above with Norman Lear. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app or subscribe at podcastone.com. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. <laughs> Thanks for being here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clarkdeals.com, where you find the bargains. Something that you can spend a zillion dollars for? A mattress. And truth be told, most people buy a mattress and then are unhappy with what they got. And the mattress market is splitting into so many price points, it's weird. From mattresses that are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to mattresses that people love that are hundreds of dollars. The business used to be controlled by just a few number, small number of players, but that all changed because of Casper. 
C-A-S-P-E-R, like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper took on the Giants with a whole new way of doing mattresses and continues to boom and now has attracted so much competition. They sell you a mattress over the internet. It's delivered to you compressed in a box that can fit on a UPS or FedEx truck. And then you open it up in your bedroom and it takes shape like some kind of scary creature. And the mattresses are amazingly comfortable. The Consumer Reports rating on these mattresses gave Casper the second highest score in their tests. But there were several that did very, very well. We at our house sleep on a Nova form, something we bought at Costco, and Costco puts it on sale three or four times a year. We, of course, waited till it was on sale. And we got a King mattress for $7.99, I think is what we paid. The thing is phenomenal, fantastic, incredible, all of the above. But what Casper did that changed the business was you buy the thing sight unseen, and if you don't like it for any reason, they take it back and give you your money back. No questions asked. Because the biggest complaint I've had all through the years about people who go to a mattress place, you know, you go to one of those stores, is you get a bed and you get it home and you don't like it, and then it's just a nightmare what you do about it. They may have something where they say, well, you buy something else from us or whatever, but the whole culture is set up against you. And I, and the mattress thing with having the fake zillion-dollar retail price and then having the sale, that's just a bunch of baloney. What I love about the online sellers is generally the price is the price. I mentioned Costco does the minor sale a few times a year, but as a general rule, the price is always the same. Consumer Reports rates the Casper as a Best Buy. They rate the Nova Form that they sell at Costco as a Best Buy. There's a Serta for $500 for a Queen they rate as a Best Buy. There's another brand called Lull. They give a Best Buy. And they recommend so many of these, it's crazy. And they have, what they've done is they've done a firmness rating, where depending on how firm or how soft you want a mattress to be, they've, they've tested it and given it a score. And they show which kind of sleeper, side sleeper, back sleeper, that kind of stuff, tall, short, in between, which is best. But remember, if you pay for the one-time access to Consumer Reports to see this, it's worth doing. Or if you're a subscriber, you go to the library to see it, these ratings. Remember, buy from someone that gives you an unconditional right to return for a refund for a reasonable period of time 
which for a mattress is generally considered to be 90 days. Scott's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Scott. Hi, Clark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Well, it's great to have you here. So I understand you want to ask me a question about my girlfriend? (laughs) No, I have a question about product reviews. Well, it's about Consumer Reports, right? That, oh, okay, okay, I got it. Yeah. You didn't know yeah. that was one of my illicit girlfriends. Okay, one of many, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah so you often reference Consumer Reports, and I, I get it for the most part. I looked them up, and they're a nonprofit. They don't take uh, money from advertisers. And a few years ago, I had a subscription, but what I found was, you know, this magazine would show up on my desk every month, and and suddenly my toaster, which had been fine for years, wasn't okay because it didn't do 17 types of bread, and my washing machine wasn't front-loading and ultra-quiet, and my TV set isn't a 4K TV. And, you know, it just seems like Consumer Reports feeds into this consumerism, and I don't believe you can, can buy your way to happiness. So I, I guess I have a philosophical question to you. You know, you say it's your girlfriend, but do you think Consumer Reports is really best for everyone? I mean, is it, you know, are they adding value for all of us? Well, when you put it that way, we're getting into like a philosophical kind of thing about the consumption culture we have in the United States. Here's yes. my thing about consumption. If you are saving a big chunk of what you make before you spend any money, I don't care if you decide you need a new 16-piece toaster or you need the latest, greatest washer. You know, the way the priorities we set with our money, as long as it starts with spending less than what we make by a substantial amount, how you choose to spend the remainder of that money is just individual preference. So I don't see Consumer Reports as, as the problem with creating a sense of urgency to buy stuff. It's like part of our culture. I don't know if you've ever heard me say that you, know, you go to Asia, people save 25% to 33% of their pay just as a baseline. That's just how they do it and what they do. But in the same time, when you go to Asia, you'll see people that are more into the latest electronic gadgets than anybody on earth. And they'll spend a lot of money on those things. But they've already taken such a huge amount of their pay off the table and saved it. In the United States, do you know what percent of our pay we save? I would guess 10%. Oh, I wish. We save a little over 5% right now. In order to be able to retire with any level of comfort, you need to save a minimum 10% over a whole working lifetime. So I don't care as much about how people spend whatever their net check is. It's what they've done to get to that net check first with how much money of what they make they save. I understand what you're saying. I guess I still think it's Consumer Reports is your girlfriend, not mine. (laughs) Well, that's good. I don't want to share her with you. Yeah, right. You got her. I I just find that I get sucked into this thing where I start. I I can afford it, but not the path to happiness for me. I don't know. Well, but but let's say you are trying to buy something that you need to replace. The beauty of Consumer Reports, and maybe for you, it would be best to only go to the library and look at it 
or buy one-time access yeah. when you need to replace something so you don't get into a gotta, gotta, gotta have kind of yeah. thing. Good, good advice. So I, I do love her, and I'm not going to change that. Zoom Reports does a phenomenal job. I love that they're unbought and unbossed, that they are so careful. They're not always right. I mean, you know, it's uh, Consumer Reports is a publication put together by very smart people, and they'll get it wrong because it's people, right? We're all imperfect, but I think they do an excellent job. Patrick's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Doing fantastic. How are you today, Clark? Great, thank you. You're going to buy a home for the first time. Is that right? <laughs> That's true. I am a, uh, a veteran with a 100% rating, and I'm kind of crossed as to using the VA loan or using something else for a first-time home buyer, and I'm crossed about checking on, uh, um, on loans. How many loans can I... I uh, check before it affects my credit score within a 30-day period you can apply for a thousand loans if you want and it'll only be treated as a single loan application when when the credit scoring's done what they do is they assume nobody is going out to buy 10 homes or 15 homes or whatever so all Mm -hmm. credit applications for a mortgage done within a 30-day period are considered as just a single application where okay. somebody goes out and they after they own a home they go apply for credit instant credit at best buy and home depot and lowe's and whoever else you know they go and they do the instant credit thing at five or six places that will rip your credit apart okay. so they they assume that if you go and you apply for instant credit everywhere you're really buying all those things and taking on all those obligations but for the mortgage that you're just buying a single place so that's why it doesn't hurt you and for you the answer to the question about whether or not you should use your va benefit is how much of a purchase price do you have saved that you could pay as a down payment 10 percent if you got 10 percent you may well be better off doing a conventional loan for 80% of the purchase of the first-time home you're going to buy, take out a second mortgage for 10%, and the rest you pay in down payment. Because going with a conventional loan, generally, if you're in a position, you get up to 10%, you can probably pull this off. You're usually going to be better off with a conventional loan with no mortgage insurance then you would be, at this point, using your VA benefit. The VA benefit is great when you don't have really any money saved. It is a thank you to you, and I should have thanked you already for your service to our great country. Which branch of the military? I was in the United States Navy, and I'd like to thank you for your service and the card. We appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. I've been um, honored to serve in my state guard. Joshua joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joshua. Hey, I'm a longtime listener, man, first-time caller. Um, but the biggest thing about it was uh, I had a secured credit card that I ended up applying for, you know, trying to take your advice and uh, building my credit up. Well, they ended up uh, refunding me the amount, which was kind of cool, but now I'm sort of at a point where what would be my next step? 
as far as to further my credit score. All right, so let me follow this. So you did the secured card. You handled it well enough that they gave you back your deposit money? Yep. And now you still have a card with them that's working for you just fine? Yeah, they kept the original amount as far as what I um, purchased into. And so they kept that credit limit, and they didn't increase it, but they just kept it going. Okay. Have you looked at your credit report to see how they're reporting you? Yeah, well, they offer like a free FICO score. Um, and on my actual credit report, when I pulled it up through Credit Karma, they were talking about how it's only reporting, you know, like $70 a month or something like that. Um, but it's fluctuating the score enough to where it keeps going up. And what kind of score number do you have? Okay, well, through the FICO, I know it's 758 now. 758? Uh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to you. And you did that from from basically nothing. Exactly. Exactly. I think when I first started getting my credit rolling, it was like a 558. Wow. All right. And yeah. are you working full-time or part-time right now? Full-time. Full-time. So this would be your moment to definitely apply for another card. Now, do you okay. run a balance on a card or do you like to pay in full? I like to pay in full now. The past couple of months, I've been leaving $40 to sort of roll over. So that way, as it reports, it's less than 50%, like you're saying, you know? You don't even need to do that. You don't need to leave any outstanding balance. Okay. You can just pay it off. You're not doing yourself any favor with your score by leaving okay. that open balance. Okay. So okay. just pay that it net sense. each month. So if you're what I call a net payer, you don't like to owe money and pay interest on it, right? Right. Exactly. You should be looking at a reward card. Reward card. Because now okay. you deserve the reward. You've been doing everything right. You've got this good credit score now. And I would get one major credit card, and okay. I'd like for you to look at the website Credit Card Tune-Up. Credit Card Tune-Up? Yeah, dot com, creditcardtuneup.com, and put in your charge pattern, and they'll be able to show you what reward card would be best. It'll be one with no annual fee, and that would be a great way to start. If you're a member of either Sam's Club or Costco Wholesale, uh-huh. I wouldn't even bother with that. I would just get their reward card. Okay. That's something to keep in mind then, because I don't, I don't have either or, but it's definitely still something I can look into as far as, you know, groceries and everything like that goes. Well, Sam's Club issues a MasterCard. Costco issues a Visa. Both of them have really nice reward programs that come with their cards, but then you have the okay. annual fee of being a Warehouse Club member. Right, right. And see, my end goal, though, with my credit is to get into a position where I can eventually, you know, be financially stable to open up a business, you know, as far as like, you know, getting a, getting a loan or capital to, to start it up. All right. So you get a second card, and then six months later, I want you to get a third card. Okay. And I want you to, if, you, if the ultimate purpose is to establish a good credit record to be able to do borrowing for a business... What will surprise you is the principal way people fund a business now is with credit cards, not with business loans. Hmm. Because credit cards, if you get one with low interest rates, the the borrowing cost is lower 
than it is with a business loan. Exactly. I can see what you mean with that. So um, get that second card, then get a third, and then there's a special thing I want you to do. I want you to get your score sky high. And the way you do that is you keep your utilization, the amount of you charge on each card, below 10%, or your overall amount you charge in a month is kept below 10% of your available credit, and your credit score will zoom into the 800s, and you'll be extremely credit-worthy when you go to start that business. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Everyone sells today. So how do you bring your best sales game every day? Simple. Listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast on Podcast One. Hi, I'm Bill Kasky. And I'm Brian Neal. Each week, we answer listener questions like, how do I compete against a cheap competitor? And Brian's favorite, because he always has an answer to this, how do I meet with a CEO when they won't even return my calls? The Advanced Selling Podcast is where the best go to get better. Listen Mondays on Podcast One and on iTunes. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, they never seemed to speak back to you. He was just like kept themselves to themselves, and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.